All right, everybody, now's the time. Brown right, motion, tail back slant. Let's put the women and children to bed and go looking for fucking dinner, all right? On one, ready? Ladies and gentlemen, what is up? Coming to you from the Costa Nostra studios, I'm Matty Buller, and thank you for tuning in to Almost Wise Guys. In this episode, we're going to cover the regular weekly picks for all Week 12 games in the NFL. We'll get to Andy's total prop tees and also your news of the week. Also, I hope you all had a very happy Thanksgiving, and I hope you're enjoying some family time right now, and thank you for taking the time to tune in to Almost Wise Guys. So let me introduce to you my good pal, Buddy, as always, from Almost Wise Guys Central, it's Andy, the prognosticator, Attridge. How are you doing, Maddie? Um, da bears. Da bears. What a great Thanksgiving to beat down another NFC North team, to be sitting up on top of that, looking down at everybody, especially the Packers. Mm-hmm, it's, mm-hmm. It was just a wonderful day yesterday. It was. I, uh, I ate a lot of turkey. I'm not going to lie. Um, probably too much. And I was wrong on absolutely every game that I picked <laughs> with all the favorites covering. That's okay. I had the Bears, but I didn't have the other two. Well, actually, I had uh, New Orleans, um, but they barely covered. They barely covered, yeah. I, uh, I re- actually, I thought the Lions game was going to be a little bit more high scoring, but I guess when you throw a defense like that out there, you can't expect yeah. too much. And they lacked uh, on Johnson, which I think really affected the outcome of that game. Yeah. Yeah, no question about it. They missed him a lot. Although, look, Eric Blunt had a pretty good day. Oh, look, Eric Blunt had a wonderful day. He's on my fantasy team, so that was yeah, a good pick. Uh, what did he get? Two scores and yep. about 100 yards, I think, on the ground. Yep. I was quite happy take. with that performance. But I was even and, happier with my Bears defense, uh, being able to get a couple. T- I, I even texted you probably in the third quarter saying the Bears haven't had a takeaway yet. That's really been the problem with the game thus far. Well, they got their sixth defensive touchdown of the season. Eddie motherfucking Jackson. Jackson. Yeah. Yep. He's on uh, fire. (laughs) Every part of that defense is firing on all cylinders. Yeah. Really enjoyed watching that one. That's, uh, you know, a nice deviation from the last couple of years. It was painful to watch the Dallas Cowboys win. It was. Um, I was really cheering for Colt McCoy. He didn't have a bad game, but. Um, they they couldn't really get much going anywhere. Dallas the, Dallas's defense played really well. You know, and New so, Orleans defense really showed you something too, holding uh, Atlanta's offense. Oh yeah. Uh, you know, like I think out of all the teams, like if you if you look at it, it's really New Orleans, the Patriots, the Chiefs, and the Rams are kind of like in a class above everybody else right now. I, I I would say, and the Saints look like they have the D. They they, they, they got the best D out of out of the top four there, and that when you when in you the playoffs you don't want to see a hot points. defense. Yeah, when when you hold Maddie Ice to seventeen points inside, uh, that says something. Maybe it says more about the state of the Falcons right now. But um, I kind of thought that game was going to be a little bit more close, but that's not the case. But hey, guess what? We get a redo. We get a, a whole fresh slate of games to talk about for Sunday and Monday night. And there are some excellent games on the docket this week. And there well. are also some really crappy ones, too. There are. So I guess then uh, we should get to the news of the week. All right. 
man in New Jersey was arrested for driving while intoxicated after getting into a car accident on Sunday, and he had quite the excuse for the police at the scene. The 57-year-old Christopher Grayshock was being administered a field sobriety test by the police officers when he told them, I drank too much because the Jets suck. Well, yes, the Jets do suck, but you still shouldn't be driving drunk. Drink at home alone when your team sucks, just like every other loser out there. And really, if you're a Jets fan, you probably are going to be home alone. hi Some fans bit back after Buffy the Vampire Slayer, also known as Sarah Michelle Gellar, used a sexy photo shoot to post about overeating during Thanksgiving. And I quote, I'm just going to pin these up all over my house as a reminder not to overeat on Thursday. Hashtag Thanksgiving prep, end quote. You know, that didn't go over well with a few folks who expressed their disappointment in the comments, projecting the idea that we should restrict ourselves from eating food to be skinny is a dangerous and damaging mindset, which clearly plagues the mind of many, including celebrities, as it's pretty apparent around here, uh, one person wrote. Was that one person perhaps Eddie Lacey? I'm Wilfred Brimley, and I'd like to talk to you for a few minutes about diabetes. Actually, about... I, uh, diabetes and, uh, 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 you know, uh, diabetes. Let's fire it up. It's time for our weekly picks. Game one on the docket. We head to the Natty. And they are three-point favorites against the visiting Cleveland Browns. It's a divisional matchup. And uh, Cincinnati, you never know what you're going to get from them week to week. And the Cleveland Browns, well, you never know what you're going to get from them year to year, week to week, month to month. This game is kind of up in the air, I imagine. It is. Uh, Probably the biggest noteworthy thing to mention about this is Hugh Jackson, who had been hired on by the Bengals a couple weeks ago, to be the assistant to the head coach. What that means is that they brought him in for the two remaining games they had on the schedule against the Browns. Hopefully that's enough to put them you know, over the bubble and into the playoffs. They're still sitting at 5-5, five and five, so they are in the hunt. But yes, Hugh Jackson is now an assistant Bengals coach. Now... Hugh couldn't do anything with the Browns playbook, so I don't know what we think he'll be doing playing against them. But it's certainly an interesting story. I definitely, all kidding aside, thinks it uh, favors Cincinnati for this. Um, it's been a, quite a while, a couple of years now, since the Browns won on the road. And in fact, the Bengals are 5-0 and against the spread and straight up against Cleveland in their last five games. I don't know, Matty. I won't be tuning into this one, but what are your feelings on it? I say because it's at home for Cincinnati, I'd definitely take them with the field goal. Anything over that, though, and I'd probably give it to the Browns. Yeah, I think I'm with you there. Um, As long as it stays at three or below, I'm going to go with Cincinnati, the home team. One, two, three. Go Bills. Go Bills. Go Bills. Go Bills. All right, Bill's Mafia. Rumor has it he's back, and you know who I'm talking about, but you're still three points uh, of another. 
but you're still three-point underdogs to the visiting Jacksonville Jaguars this week. And uh, is it true? Is Josh Allen going to be starting for the Bills, Andy? Uh, according to all news reports that I've seen so far, he is. That's, that a, that's a, a big bit, deal bit for that team. Yeah, And they officially a- let Nate Peterman off the roster this week. So there's absolutely zero chance of him appearing in a Bills uniform. That's so a I think that's got to be at least worth four points to the spread. Yeah, that's a mercy kill. So just that, that threat is gone. <laughs> Josh Allen plays a hell of a lot better. This is a Josh Allen who, when he came in the Minnesota game, um, put 60, uh, 20, sorry, rather 26 points against the Vikings in their own crib. Jacksonville has done nothing. I think they've now lost, what, their last five in a row? Yep. And they have Blake Bortles. First down, Bortles setting up screen. He's intercepted! And it's going to be a pick six! And they have Blake Bortles. Yes, a real asset to that that franchise. Um, The one thing they do have going for them is Leonard Fournette. And he's a machine. You know, on paper, their defense is still pretty good. Um, Paper defense. Paper defense, yep. I haven't really seen much of it this year. They really should have won that game against the Steelers. I mean, Roethlisberger was a beneficiary of some questionable refereeing calls in the fourth quarter. Uh, but anyway, they uh, they had control for that game for 45 minutes. And they let their foot off the gas, and that's what happens. You know, three points in Buffalo as a dog. The weather's not going to be terribly nice. Uh, I'm going to go with the home dog, and I'm going to take the, the field goal. Bill's Mafia. How yeah, about baby. that? You know mm-hmm. what? I'm with you, Andy. I like Buffalo in the spot. We love our home dogs. And uh, I just think that Josh Allen, he takes care of the football pretty well. Like you said, putting up 26 points at the Vikings place when uh, the Vikings are a pretty tough team. I, I love them here. I like this. And I like the spark that, a, that kind of the new hope at quarterback is going to be bringing the team. And, and not to mention that they're coming off the bye week. So they've had two weeks to prepare for this one. Uh, I think everything just favors the Bills. But I'm taking a Greyhound on the Hudson River line. I'm in a New York state of mind. On to the Meadowlands. Our friends from the New York Jets. 10-point underdogs to the visiting New England Patriots. That's up from nine points. So you got to think all the money's going to New England right here, and why shouldn't it? Yeah, Maddie. Surprisingly enough, the Jets are five and zero against the spread in their last five home games against the Patriots. They always seem to show up and play well. This is a big game for them. Now, both these teams are coming off a bye, but I'm going to suspect that the Jets spent more time preparing for this game than the Patriots did, who are probably looking to strategize what they're going to be doing in January, and. This line started around nine, eight and a half, depending on where you were looking. And now it's up to 10. So obviously there's a lot of public money coming on New England. Um, This weekend is a little unique in that because people are at home with their families and have a lot of extra time to watch sports and stay away from their families, they also have time to go bet. So a lot of these lines are driven by the public as opposed to sharp money, which we see in other weeks. So the fact that the public loves the New England Patriots that much, I'm going to take a double-digit home dog here in the Jets. On to the city of brotherly love, where the... 
Defending Super Bowl champion Philadelphia Eagles at home against division rival New York Giants. Philadelphia six-point favorites. Andy, I don't think they deserve it. New York's actually played pretty well the last couple games, and Philly has shown absolutely nothing. I don't think they deserve six points at home. Well, that's an interesting comment, and I think that's reflective of the recency effect. Yeah, as you say, the Giants rattled, uh, they've rattled off two in a row, and that came on a prediction by Odell Beckham Jr. that they were going to run the table for the rest of the season and make the playoffs. So they're trending in the right direction. They're scoring more points than they were at the beginning of the season. Eli looks like he's actually able to become a mediocre quarterback. Their defense is playing all, all right, although they did give up 35 to the Bucks at home last week. Now, speaking of last week, Philadelphia Eagles set a record by the largest margin of loss by any Super Bowl winning team the following season. They were absolutely embarrassed in New Orleans. Now, that's going to do one of two things, and it's really how they're going to respond to that. Are they going to throw in the towel? You know, they're, st- they're still in the hunt in that division. Um, I think that division's up for grabs by anyone. It could be even a 9-7 and seven team that wins that. So they're still in the running. Carson Wentz, you know, look for him to have a big day with Zach Ertz. I think that matchup plays, plays up well. He's not Carson Wentz this year. No, he's well, he's not Carson Wentz of what we saw last year. I don't know. What are your thoughts on this? Oh, I gave my thoughts right at the beginning of that, and I won't be coming off of it. I think Philly is – they just – I think the brain drain also hurt them, losing Frank Reich. Yeah. Uh, losing their offensive line coach. You know, you start to lose pieces, and you start to realize how important those pieces really were to building up what you had. Philly just doesn't, and you know, no Jay Ajay. You know, Alshon Jeffrey is really their only big offensive weapon. I know you said Zach Ertz's name, but he and Carson Wentz haven't done much all this year at all. And if you're going to be even a mediocre quarterback, you got to be able to hit the tight end on a few routes because those are almost gimmies in some games. I just, I don't, I'd maybe take Philadelphia at a field goal or less. I'm not taking them at six points. Well, the interesting thing about the Giants is, as I mentioned earlier, the play of Eli Manning being improved. And that's predicated on the fact that their offensive line is giving him almost a full four seconds to get rid of the ball. Now, if you look at the front four for Philly, I still think they're one of the best in the league. Um, They can put a lot of pressure on the quarterback without even having to blitz. So I I think that's the key matchup that we're going to see in this game is is the pass rush and and how the uh, Giants offensive line picks it up. If you give Eli that much time in the box, you know, he can he can do spectacular things. And I think you're right. I think six points is a little bit too much in a divisional game like this. Let's go G-Men. If you walk through the garden, you better watch your back. Up next is Charm City. Baltimore Ravens 10 and a half point favorites against the visiting lackluster Oakland Raiders. We mentioned it last week. The autumn wind has become a breeze, if that. And uh, the thing that I'm wondering here is Baltimore won last week with a Lamar Jackson that was using his legs more than any other quarterback has since, I believe, the 60s. Actually, it was the 40s. The 40s. There you have it. It was two decades off. And that... 
you've got RG3 on your team. How do you not look at him and see what happens to a slenderly built quarterback when you run the crap out of him? Well, 27 There's, times to be sure. There, right? is, there is no way that he stays healthy or becomes no. a premier quarterback in the league running quarterback draws and acting like he's fucking playing quarterback for Navy. It's just ridiculous. They, he needs to, If they're going to use him, he's got to throw the ball. Oh, absolutely. And when you run, or when you run 27 times, most of those were scripted ones. It wasn't like uh, Cam Newton where, okay, play breaks down and he's got to run outside of the pocket and make things happen, you know, extemporaneously. On yeah, shame, shame on Harbaugh for that, too. Yeah, I, I don't understand that. Um, Either the kid's a quarterback or he's not, right? And I don't yeah. have a problem with the Cam Newtons of this world who want to make something of it or the Ben Roethlisbergers. Those guys are pretty big dudes, though, and can take a yep. pretty decent hit. Uh, a guy like Lamar Jackson is a very slight guy. He, and I'm not saying he's not tough. That's not the point. It doesn't matter how tough you are. The guys in the NFL that put a hit on you, they put the hurt on you, especially if you're a quarterback. And if you're not smart enough to get down quickly enough, and that happens sometimes, that's the one time where you blow out a knee or you get your, you know, your, your block rocked and you're going to be spending time off with concussions. This, is not, this does not bode well for Baltimore's future. No, and I think, I think they probably heard that in the press this week. Um, I was actually a little surprised that RG3 didn't start last week, but I guess they want to see what this kid's made of. So they're going to start him. They've got, uh, you know, they got their spread offensive going for them, which I don't think John Gruden has ever seen before as a coach. Um, now, interesting stat here. Derek Carr's passer rating since the Amari Cooper trade is up over 13 points per game. And in that time frame, he's had five touchdowns and zero interceptions. And as you mentioned, they are coming off a win, albeit to the Arizona Cardinals with a last-second field goal last week. But come on, ten and a half points with Lamar Jackson starting? I think I think Gruden's good enough to uh, drop an effective defensive scheme to keep this one a little bit closer than that. Yeah, I definitely take the Raiders for ten and a half points. The Carolina Panthers coming off of a couple pretty crappy losses. Uh, they're three-point favorites to the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, Carolina is at home, but uh, Seattle's actually played pretty well the last few weeks. And uh, I'm kind of iffy on Carolina here. I don't know which Panthers team I'm going to get. Well, it's a, it's a good question. Um, Seattle runs the ball more than any other team in the league at just over 51%. Um, Carolina's got a pretty good defense, and they're allowing less than 100 yards rushing per game. Um, and one thing that I've noticed about Seattle throughout the season is that they started off really poorly, and that was as a result of their offensive line. Now I think that the O-line is getting better, and they're giving Russell Wilson more time in the pocket to actually complete proper passes. In fact, Russell Wilson said a couple weeks ago, he goes, they're giving me enough time to cook a steak at the backfield if I want to. Now, it would probably be a really rare steak, but he's recognizing it. Seattle is playing all right, and this is kind of a sneaky game. You know, they're traveling cross-country, but they did get the extra couple of days of rest. I just think with Riverboat Ronnie, 
going for that two point conversion, those guys have been just kicking themselves all week, and they're better than that. <laughs> they should have won that game against Detroit, and I think they come out really angry here, and I think they're going to utilize the ground game with McCaffrey. Now this this ticked down from three and a half to three. The three and a half, I really, I know it's only half a point, but I think that makes uh, my decision change, and I'm going to go with the Panthers on this one as long as it stays at three or goes even below, possibly. Not likely, but possibly. Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they're at home against the San Francisco 49ers, and they are also three-point favorites. Your Niners, uh, they're hot and cold the last couple weeks with problems at quarterback as uh, usual since Garoppolo's gone down. No, their last game they did not look good at all, but that was two weeks ago. So they're coming off a bye, had two weeks to prepare for a Bucs team that, you know, Went to the Big Apple last week and threw up 35 points and still lost the game. Horrible defense. Horrible defense. Well, yeah, they have a, you know, they, they do have a horrible defense. But now Jameis Winston is getting a reprieve here. They're going to leave him in. He's going to be starting. See, right there, his- right there, that should favor Sam Fram by three points the other way. <laughs> that's, that's a fucking touchdown for the Niners defense. Winston, middle of the field, and intercepted. I think you're right. I think you're right. I'm not I'm even not sure. like I'm, I know. I sound like I'm being facetious. I assure you, I am not. Uh, like he's way more of a turnover machine than Fitzpatrick was. I know Fitzpatrick's giving the ball away a bit, but Winston, man, he's like Nate Peterman when he sends it the other way. It goes back for six. Yeah, uh, this line opened uh, another uh, another line that opened at three and a half. So you had the hook now taken off. They're sitting at a flat three. Dude, I, I don't think this is one of the games where I don't think really the public had moved the line. I think this is sharp action simply because of the level of interest in the game. I don't think anyone's going out of the way to watch this one. So I got a feeling that that money was was wise guy money, and that's what we are. Uh, I'll take off my 49ers fan cap, but I am going to you know look at them statistically and figure that they're going to have a decent rushing attack, and Tampa Bay is going to. Yeah, their offense is going to cost them six points at some point in the game. Let's let's make that prediction. And I'd second you in that motion, and I'd also say if you don't mind paying the premium, I'd take that back to uh, put the hook back on that yeah, to minus nope. three and a half Let's because see. then I definitely want the Niners for sure. So if you're whoever you gamble with allows you to put the hook back on for a discounted price, I think the discount would be worth it in this case. Yeah, no, I totally agree with you. It probably cost you about 20 cents, but... Right now, I think that's worth it. Just want to check the total before we go anywhere, see if that's changed. It said 54. Yeah. Um, probably look for an under there, too. All right, enough about that one. Ah! Yeah. To live and die in LA. Calibre. Oh, what yeah. you say about Los Angeles? 
still the only place for me that never rains in the sun To live and die in LA, where every day we try to fatten our pockets Us niggas hustle for the cash, so it's hard to knock every Well then we moved to LA, and the Chargers have been uh, steamrolling a lot of teams this year And a weak Arizona Cardinals team coming to town makes this a 13-point spread at home for the Chargers And it's actually gone up from the beginning of the week, has it not? Yeah, it started at 12. Um, this That's one a full definitely point, is pu- This one definitely is public money coming in. I mean, I can still picture Rivers at the end of that game. He's just fuming, I'm guessing, still after that loss to the Broncos. It doesn't seem to matter whose name is on their kicker's jersey. They're just cursed. Like, they've had three different kickers already, I believe, this season. And they, they're, they're all missing extra points and field goals. They can't even trust them. And Anthony Lynn is not the best coach in terms of managing a game because um, they've let quite a few slip away in the last couple seasons with him as the head coach. Most definitely. And so right now we've got uh, Arizona has announced that Josh Rosen will be their starter. Let me qualify that. Joshua Ballinger Lippincott Rosen. Now the cards covered a big spread at Arrowhead earlier in November. I think there were 17 point dogs and they kept the game pretty close. And I think that surprised a lot of people. Again, this is a huge spread at minus 13. Um, they do rank last in yards per game this season at 78.8. But if you just look at the last three games, that number goes up to 112. The second last in passing at 162 yards per game. But again, in the last three games, that's up to 175. Not mind-blowing numbers, but you can see that they're trending in the right direction. I think that number's too big and... I'm going to hold my nose, and I'm going to take the Arizona Cardinals on this one. This is Johnny Unitas of the Baltimore Colts. Let's go, you Colts. Well, this week, the Indianapolis Colts are at home against the Miami Dolphins, and the Colts... They've been playing very good football of late. Andrew Luck seems to only be getting better as the season goes on. As a result, seven and a half point favorites at home at Lucas Field. What do you think about that? Is that a, that's a pretty big spread for this game. It is a big spread, but I don't think a team has improved as much as the Colts have since the beginning of the season. Well, they're keeping Andrew Luck upright. Yeah, he's. I think it's up to 213 dropbacks that they haven't allowed a sack. And yes, keeping him upright is keeping their win totals upright. Uh, They're playing really well on defense. Their offensive line, as we said, is is playing really well. Miami, on the other hand, they're still 500. They're still in the hunt. Um, Now, the biggest thing here is that we're now at an end to Brocktoberfest. Ryan Tannehill is more than probable to start this week. He was listed as probable, but he'll likely be the starter. And... (laughs) The line didn't move much. I think it moved one, one and a half points for that decision. Um, and Tannehill is head and shoulders above what Brock Osweiler can do. And I know it's uh, it's a road game for them, but I like Miami to cover the seven and a half here. You know what? I'm going to take the Colts. Yeah. I don't think Miami can. Uh, I don't think Miami has the defense to pressure Luck enough to make him screw up. And at home. I like the Colts to anything under 10 points. Yeah, I'm not going to argue with you too much on that one.
Off we go to the Mile High City, where uh, Denver is three-point underdogs at home against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, Pittsburgh only played one quarter last week, and they still managed to beat a team that almost went to the Super Bowl last year. Three points? Actually, it was 17 minutes that they played. They played 17 minutes. 17 minutes. There you have it. Out of a 60-minute game, and they still managed to come out with a victory. I don't know if Denver's got a shot. Well, that was an ugly win for the Steelers. That's probably the ugliest win I've seen by any team so far this season because Jacksonville had that one in hand. Um, that was in Jacksonville, and so the Steelers are on the road for a second week in a row, now going to mile high with that altitude. Denver coming off a huge win um, against the, the Chargers, probably saving uh, Vance Joseph's job as their head coach. I don't think they're going to be ex- – expectations are probably not that they're going to win this one. This is actually a really tough one for me. Pittsburgh is a much better team. But Denver's got a great pass rush. As long as the altitude doesn't bother them, and I can't imagine it's going to be a huge factor, I think this is a this is a big spot for Pittsburgh. I think they have to win this one. Um, if they're going to have any chance of being playing at uh, at their home home stadium in January, well, um, Pittsburgh has a lot to prove to the AFC as well. They got to prove yeah, to the uh, Kansas City Chiefs and the New England Patriots that they can hang, that they're worthy of being one of the top three teams in that division. And last week definitely didn't prove that. Although, in a way, it kind of did because they could take more almost three quarters of a game off, still come out with the W. But that's not what champions do. Champions put their uh, foot on the gas and then choke you right out when it's time Mm to, uh, much like what New Orleans is doing this year, which is why everybody thinks so highly of them. So I think uh, Pittsburgh comes in here, second week uh, on a road trip. I think they try to show that they are one of the top teams in the AFC, and I don't think Denver has uh, the ability to deal with that kind of power. Yeah, I don't normally dabble too much in road favorites, but it's only three points, and and they're the Pittsburgh Steelers. Come on. They haven't regressed. So, yeah, let's go Steelers. All the cheeseheads yell in the Green Bay hell. Drink a piss, they're choking it down. And Big Mike McCarthy is looking kind of barfy because he's choking on the big fourth down. Well, the Minnesota Vikings been known to lose a game or two. Chicago's got the Bears, but Lord, who cares? Them fans are always feeling blue. And the fans of the Lions are always crying Cause the boys are always out of luck But everybody knows that the Packers suck The Sunday night game is an NFC North rivalry game And it's a pretty important one If the Vikings want to stay in contention With the division reigning Chicago Bears Uh, The Vikings, they are three-point favorites though To uh, the Green Bay Packers and man, when was the last time Green Bay wasn't a favorite against these this team? Um, I'm not really sure. I mean, they met in week two, and then it ended in a 29-29 draw. The Packers have lost their last seven road games. In fact, they're one of only three teams this year who have yet to win on the road in this season. Um, they're one and four against the spread in their last five divisional games. So they're just, they're just not playing very well on the road and against the teams that they see most often. And it looks like as if, if they get Jimmy Graham back this week, uh, he's going to be in a cast because he's got a broken finger, broken hand, something like that. So he's not going to be 100%. So there goes another target down for Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. 
Now, Maddie and I had a rather spirited conversation last week about the differences in the Bears' defense and the Vikings' defense. Obviously, and I that, was right. Well, in that particular game, the Bears' defense did play better. No, I was but right. I'm going to put out a couple metrics here for I you. I was right. Hey, listen to this. Okay, okay. so there's there's two <laughs> factors. That I think two, the two most important factors in looking or in evaluating a defense is how they defend the red zone and and what they're like on third down. The Vikings are by far the best defense in the league, allowing only 3.2 third down conversions per game. That's because everybody's scoring on them on the first and second rounds. No, but anyway, no. go ahead. Compare well, that why to they the have a losing defense, record. Who allows 5.1 third downs allowed. And that's 20th in the league in that category. Minnesota is the number one team in limiting opposing offenses to a 40% touchdown rate in the red zone. He's one of those idiots who believe in analytics. Based on how Rodgers has played, well, not Rodgers, I'm not blaming it on him, but based on how the Packers have played on the road, I really like Minnesota in this one. Yeah, this is an NFC North rivalry game, so I hate both teams with all of my being. So I wish they both could lose. Well, hey, hey, they could just tie again, right? That's right. Go tie. Go tie. The Monday Nighter this week features the Houston Texans six-point favorites at home against the Tennessee Titans. Tennessee is, uh, well, sometimes they show you a little something. But is this going to be one of those games where they show you a little something? Because Houston's pretty damn good this year. Mm, They've Houston lost their first three games, and then they've won every game since. But I don't think they're as good as the record would dictate. Uh, now, on the other side of the ball, the Titans had their asses handed to them by a surging Colts team last week. And that was coming off a 34-10 to 10 pounding that they put on the Patriots the week before, not to mention an impressive win in Dallas the week before that. Yeah, I don't think Houston is as good as their record dictates, and I think this is way too many points for a divisional game in primetime. I'm going to go with the Tennessee Titans. And I'm going to go with the Houston Texans. I think they do this big at home on Monday night in prime time. Sean Watson loves this shit. He eats it for breakfast. I eat pieces of shit like you for breakfast. <laughs> you eat pieces of shit for breakfast? Please hang up and try again. Now a little segment we like to call Andy's Total Prop Tease. And uh, this is where Andy gives you uh, a game total to bet on, also a prop, and a little teaser for you. It's basically... A little smorgasbord of betting. And uh, we invite you to do it along with us on our Facebook fan page. What we consider a win, if you get two out of three correct. So, Andy, put on the Swami hat and give us your Week 12 predictions. Well, it should come as no surprise to our listeners that this year especially has shown that this has now become a pass-first league uh, with emphasis placed on scoring as opposed to defense. But my total this week is actually going to be an under for the first time in a little while. And that is the game at the Mile High Stadium. And in that altitude, I'm going to guess that the Denver the Denver Broncos defense is going to show up. Um, they're not going to come out with the win, but I think, I think they're going to put up enough of a fight to keep this thing under 47 points. 
Our proposition special is, let's call this the Winston special. And this is for special teams or the defense to score a touchdown in the 49ers-Bucks game. The yes is sitting at one plus 163. And I can very easily foresee something like that happening. Lastly, our teaser is going to take the Colts down to one and a half. And the Chargers down to under a touchdown at minus six. And just on a side note, when I come up with teasers, and I'm not the only person to do this, I don't even bother looking at the teams who are playing. It's irrelevant. It's simply the number. And as long as you can drive your tees through two key numbers, and key numbers are 3, 7, and 10, as most games end on those scores more than any others, and then you have your sub-key numbers, which are going to be your 4s, your 6s, and your 17s, let's say. So both of these games are actually going through um, at least one key number, and in the case of the Chargers, a sub-key number. So, again, to summarize, Pittsburgh-Denver under 47 points. Proposition that there will be a special teams or defensive touchdown in the 49ers-Bucks game, and the tees, tees the Colts down to 1.5 and, and the Chargers down to minus 6. Well, thank you to all our fans for listening to Week 12 of Almost Wise Guys. If you like what you heard, make sure you hit the subscribe button on iTunes or SoundCloud so you don't miss a show. You can also hit us up on our Facebook fan page for additional content and picks from all Week 12 games across the NFL. Please submit any questions you might have to almostwiseguys at gmail.com or up on our Facebook fan page from the Cosa Nostra Studios. For Andy the Prognosticator Attridge, back at Almost Wise Guys Central, I'm Matty Buller. Get out and pick yourself a winner. If you liked our podcast, please share it with a friend. If you hated it, please share it with two enemies. Tune in next week at the same bet time on the same bet channel. Sayonara. <laughs>